To celebrate Marketplace's 35th anniversary, we made some throwback thank you gifts you can get when you donate during this March fundraiser. We took our old .com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash give tech. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash give tech. Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations for from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. Why Apple thinks it can make headsets finally go mainstream. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. about you, but every time I opened my laptop this weekend, I was barraged with ads for the Apple Vision Pro, which hit stores on Friday. When he unveiled the headset last summer, CEO Tim Cook promised it would be nothing less than revolutionary. Vision Pro is a new kind of computer that augments reality by seamlessly blending the real world with the digital world. Lest we forget the fate of the Google Glass, we called up Lance Ulanoff. He's the U.S. Editor-in-Chief of Tech Radar. He says the Vision Pro just might catch on thanks to what Apple calls spatial computing. It's basically computing in a, a larger 3D space, right? It's going from your confined desktop to the world around you. It combines augmented reality with your reality, meaning that interfaces and interface elements can float in space in front of you. And, you know, you can do everything from watch movies to read emails to browse the web, but you can also work. Um, and I've been doing a lot of work in it. I've had the world's biggest desktop because of it. So I'm, I'm, I'm still testing, but I find it fascinating, uh, fun, and more comfortable than I expected. So Lance, at this point, virtual reality headsets have been around for a good while. Why do you think Apple is jumping in now? I mean, Apple, well, first of all, Apple does this all the time. They wait until everybody else has kind of tripped over themselves, not quite getting it right. And then they step into the category and say, oh, by the way, this is how you do it. They did it with MP3 players. They did it with phones. Uh, they'll, they'll, they did it with smartwatches. They'll do it again and again. They do not launch categories fresh and that nobody else has done. It's not really what Apple does. Apple just shows you the way. So that's what they're trying to do with this. But it's a slightly different environment because, you know, Meta has made some gains, especially in the gaming space with the MetaQuest uh, and the MetaQuest Pro and the MetaQuest 3. So, and HTC has done it. So there are some people with with virtual reality headsets. And there's also, you know, we have Meta again, and we have other companies like Amazon, you know, starting to do slight augmented reality things. So 
it's a slightly different environment that Apple is stepping into. And there's a big X factor here because typically when Apple goes into a category like this, it'll usually price things reasonably. Well, this is almost $3,500 to start. It's a really significant mountain to climb to say, yeah, I'm going to make that investment. It's a major investment. I mean, I do have a theory about what Apple is trying to do here. Please. I mean, you know, the price has been the big sticking point going into the launch. Yeah, I, th- I really here's what I think is happening. I think that Apple is trying to create a sort of mini market of of early adopters, evangelists for this product and for the platform and for the concept of spatial computing. And there will be other iterations of the Vision Pro. They've started with the Vision Pro. Do you remember how we started with the iPad? It was just called the iPad, not the iPad Pro, not the more expensive version. So they've sort of inverted the process here. They're starting with the Pro version. They will come out with a much more affordable version that'll maybe be called, uh, someone said Vision Air. Maybe it'll just be called the Apple Vision, uh, but it'll be cheaper. And because they know their friends and the people who, who invested in that had this thing and they've really, they've had tremendous FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. So now maybe they can afford it. It's a difficult way to build a market because you really have to depend on all those early adopters who are going to be constantly talking about how wonderful this is and how it's transformed their lives. Yeah, and they're doing it in a category that just has not ever gained mass market appeal. And so, you know, you have to wonder if this is a risky endeavor for Apple or, you know, are they happy to take on that risk? I think Apple's in a good position to take on a risk like this, honestly. I mean, it it serves a couple of purposes. Um, One, they got the money to do it. But two, uh, a lot of people talk about how Apple's no longer innovating, right? You don't have enough new categories. They haven't done the car. They haven't done the television. Uh, So this is too, you know, it's basically putting something out there that is in some ways unlike anything we've seen before. In spite of, despite the fact that we've seen virtual reality and mixed reality, augmented reality headsets, we've never seen anything quite like this. And so Apple gets to parade that around. We're the innovators again. Uh, but I don't know what the lead time is here. I think that it's okay that this is not going to be a million or two million selling device. I don't think they've made that many of them. I think they're happy to have limited supplies, and I think they're happy to let this story play out slowly. This will be a loss leader for a while, while they make their millions on the iPhone, as always, and services, and then eventually, maybe they'll start to grow. We'll be right back. You're listening to Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. We're back with Lance Ulinoff, U.S. Editor-in-Chief of Tech Radar. Let's talk about EyeSight. This is a feature that I gather is aimed at um, basically keeping you connected to the outside world while you're still wearing the device on your face. Tell me about it. Okay, so here's what EyeSight is. EyeSight is really interesting because one of the problems with virtual reality, with headsets like this, is they cut you off from the world. That's really what they, you know, if you, you immerse yourself, people can't see your face, they can't, you know, part of your face can't see your eyes. So Apple came up with this really interesting solution. They put a screen on the front of the device. So behind that glass is a screen. And when someone, when you start, if you're in spatial computing and you're fully immersed, but you, 
you, someone starts talking to you and you look at them, you turn your head toward them. As you're engaging, they break through the immersive environment. You start to see them and they see your eyes. However, <laughs> eyesight is not actually presenting your real eyes. On the inside of the Vision Pro are cameras that watch your eyes. They're, they're used to track your gaze, but they can also be used to transmit an idea of what you're doing with your eyes. So it looks um, like your eyes, but a little bit not like your eyes. I've yet to have a person look at it and go, oh my God, that's amazing. I love it. They're all like, <laughs> um, yeah, you, you look okay. And they kind of take a step back. They're just not sure of how to approach it. Yeah. Is there a sort of breaking point that you have found, uh, you know, you have a couple of hours and then you have to take it off? You're just sick of it? Kind of like um, kind of like Zoom fatigue where you can only take so many in one in one sitting? You know, I've taken I've I've worn it up to, I'd say, almost two hours um, and I've taken off once. Sometimes I couldn't do a meeting in it or um, one the very early on when I had different part of the, I would use a different band. I felt it was painful when I switched bands. I didn't have that problem. And then I also wanted my face to breathe. Um, I was kind of like, you know what? I feel like my eyes and stuff are not breathing enough. So I took it off. Um, but I, and then I put it back on. I will say that when I take it off and I go back to working on my tiny little desktop, I feel cramped. I'm like, where's my big <laughs> floating windows? I actually looked I, without having it on. I looked up as if I was going to see an interface in front of me floating above me. I was like, what is wrong with me? But I will say the one last thing I did want to mention is that how you're perceived by others while, while wearing this thing. I have been wearing it at home. And my wife is just all she does is she walks in the room, looks at me, shakes her head and walks out. So I don't know what that means. That was Lance Ulinoff at Tech Radar. We've posted a link to Lance's Tech Radar review of the Apple Vision Pro that is on our website, marketplacetech.org. Addie Robertson at The Verge has been writing about not just the hardware, but the Apple Vision Pro's software, which sticks with the usual walled garden strategy that loyal Apple users know well. Out of the box, she writes, you can't stream Netflix on a native app on the platform or watch videos on a YouTube app. There's nothing from Epic Games, whose series helped make iOS a home for 3D games. Epic, of course, is currently embroiled in an antitrust battle with Apple in the courts, and it is not just them. The journal's Christopher Mims writes, the walled garden approach that's made Apple so successful has become what he called an invitation for regulators to pounce, partners to defect, and competitors to circle. His call on the fate of the Apple Vision Pro, he expects it'll be a niche product for a long time to come, partly because of all the legal wrangling Apple's been involved in. Another potential headwind, privacy concerns. Jeffrey Fowler at The Washington Post writes, the device collects more data than any other personal device he's ever seen. He notes Apple has included some restrictions on the data collected by the headset, including where your eyes are looking when you wear it. But there's other data Apple hasn't or perhaps can't address, including information about how we move and what's in our homes. Fowler forecasts a privacy mess waiting to happen. Food for thought before we all run out and start strapping a computer with a camera to our faces. Rosie Hughes produced this episode. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM.